100 miles southwest of Atlanta, Georgia, lies the third largest city in the state. Tucked up against the Alabama border, the city of Columbus is filled with red brick architecture and is known for its historic views along the hiking and biking trails on the Chattahoochee River Walk. Columbus, Georgia is also the home to 18 players who have completed the journey to the major leagues, including Hall of Famer Frank Thomas and four-time All-Star Tim Hudson. Thomas and Hudson share many similarities. Both attended Auburn University, played for the green and gold, and each built a profound legacy inside the sport of baseball. This story is about the making of a beloved friend, son, brother, husband, and teammate. This is the path that built the major league legacy of Huddy. Right three call. Each are always backing out of there and took the third strike. Walk on it, miss. Got it with a fastball and Hudson. On his game tonight, he's retired five straight. Hudson tonight just superb on a five-hit shutout. For Tim, it's his 16th career-complete game, his third this year, his eighth career shutout, his second this year. Tim Hudson built a historic career off his runaway two-seam fastball and his diving splitter. Many know the right-hander for the stats that are published on his baseball reference page, but few know his winding journey to the major leagues. An expedition that began watching softball games as a child manifested into four school transitions and included two-a-day workouts. From moving furniture for two guys in a truck during the day to perfecting his craft at night, Tim Hudson's path is the very definition of dedicating oneself to the process. Join us now for The Path, Chasing the MLB Dream with Tim Hudson. From Little League Baseball to the majors, the journey for every ball player is unique. Join us for an in-depth journey as we learn about the men of the green and gold and what defined their journey to the top. And we go to the bottom of the ninth as Hudson battled his way through nine, leading for the dugout to a rousing standing ovation. Boy, the crowds are really taken to this young right-hander. This is The Path, chasing the MLB dream. It's not uncommon for athletes to fall in love with their respective sports based on the local professional teams that surround them. Despite being born in Columbus, Georgia, Hudson lived on the Alabama side of the Alabama-Georgia border, where no major professional team currently resides. With the Braves, Cubs, and Pirates all having an established TV presence throughout the region, baseball piqued Hudson's interest, but it was spending nights watching his brothers play softball that sealed the deal. I grew up with two older brothers, and um, they were into sports. They played sports in high school, and, and after they graduated high school, they got into really competitive men's softball when I was probably 10 years old. And I would go with them to the softball tournaments on the weekends. And that was really how I kind of got introduced to the sport, even though it was softball, being able to go with them uh, on the weekends and and shagging balls in the outfield and playing catch with them and, you know, in between games, you know, just living at the at the softball fields. Even though it was softball, um, you know, it kind of, you know, got me really liking the sport. And, um, you know, from that point, I started playing Little League Baseball. Being from Alabama, I was obviously a big Braves fan and loved, you know, watching the Braves. And you know, towards my high school years, um, you know, when they went from, from worst to first, that was a, a team that I followed and loved and big fan of Maddox and Glavin and Smoltz and those guys. Those were guys that I pretty much, you know, I idolized, you know, growing up. Hudson's love for the sport continued to build in high school. 
Prior to his sophomore year, he transferred to Glenwood High to reunite with his Little League and Summer League coach, Clint Sharp. You know, after that first year playing with, with Smith Station and, and having an opportunity to, to, to go there to, to Glenwood to play baseball there, I just felt like it was, a, it was a step in the right direction as far as being able to play some really good competition and, to, and to, to play for a coach I thought that was going to get me better. It was Tim's time at Glenwood that formally introduced him to one of his lifelong friends, Gary Head. My first memory of him, I was 14, he was 13, and I was a catcher on on one of the league teams, and he was he was batting, and my pitcher almost hit him. And he started mumbling something, and he was, you know, mouthing, saying something to the pitcher, and... And I like I stood up through the ball back, and I looked at him. I was like, "Man, you ain't gonna do nothing with your little." I mean, he was little, really little, but man, he was feisty. And and you know, sure enough, two, three years later, whatever it was, I mean, we became really, really good friends. Despite Hudson's small stature, it was his never say die attitude and grit that built Tim Hudson the athlete, even in his early days of high school. Says Head. There was just grit in him to get the job done, get the job done right and be positive about it, not not complain. And, you know, he, he just never was a complainer. And so began the theme that dominated Hudson's baseball career, the Bulldog mentality. As Hudson's high school career came to a close, his success on the diamond, mixed with some good fortune with a Glenwood classmate, paved the foundation for Tim's next step. It ultimately helped me get, get ready for college and, you know, created a, a scholarship offer for me at Chattahoochee Valley Community College, which is a junior college in my hometown. I think one thing that kind of led to that was the, the coach at Chattahoochee Valley Community College I actually went to high school with his daughter. I was, I was, she was in my class, and uh, she was a softball player, and I think the fact that he was, the coach was coming and watching her play softball led him to being able to watch some of our baseball games and was able to watch me play, and, and I think that helped create interest in me um, it ended up uh, resulting in a scholarship offer, which was actually my only one. The conclusion of Hudson's freshman year at Chattahoochee Valley led to his introduction to the Oakland A's organization. The club selected him in the 35th round of the 1994 MLB Amateur Draft as a draft and follow pick. They drafted me, watched me for that next year, and then ultimately I didn't get an offer from him. After Hudson's sophomore year at Chattahoochee Valley, Tim checked off a bucket list item by attending Auburn University to play baseball for both his junior and senior years. Going to Auburn, you know, for me, it was- it was like the big leagues. You know, I went from, you know, a small private school to a small junior college, and then all of a sudden you're playing in the best amateur baseball league in, in the world. It was as an Auburn Tiger when Huddy got acquainted with close friends David Ross and Rob McRory. Met Huddy just coming into um, school. I was a freshman. He was a, a JUCO transfer. Really just one of those guys that you just kind of, he's infectious, right? Like you're, if you're around him for two seconds, like, feel like you know all about him. He's super warm and inviting and, and kind of makes everybody have a good time. So easy, easy or early on, he fit right in and was a guy that I ended up hanging out with a lot. The first impression that I had of Huddy was he had like the, the ravishing Rick Rude body, uh, wrestling body back in the day, just absolutely shredded, but just skinny. Tim was not a selfish player at all. He was very unselfish. And uh, really, uh, both of us just wanted to win baseball games. That was really what drove us. 
to uh, to we felt like if if we won uh, and Luke, then we would establish, you know, ourselves as good baseball players, but also Auburn. So we were playing for Auburn more than we were playing for ourselves. So that's really where we connected the most. We were the same age. We were the same size. We were undersized baseball players. Um, no one really knew who we were. Despite being the skinny new kid, it was the Bulldog mentality that continued to fuel Hudson and his baseball dreams, even in intra-squad games, as McRory recalled. We had become pretty close friends at this point, so uh, there, was a, there was a particular uh, at-bat in the fall where I had against, I was uh, hitting against him, and I would worked to a full count, and I fouled off about three or four pitches, and he did not like that so much, so he just threw a two-seamer and drilled me in the ribs. And uh, of course, we were we were good friends, but this just shows you his competitive nature. I mean, he, even even in the fall inter squad, me the fact that I fouled off three or four pitches offended him to the point where he just drilled me in the ribs instead of trying to continue to get me out. And uh, so as I was walking down the first base, and I was staring at him, and he was staring at me, and I just said, "Hey, man, don't you ever hit me like that again." And we're going we'll have it out right here on the field. And he was just like, "Get down to first. <laughs> Although he was a newcomer to Division I baseball, Tim didn't shy away from the competition. The 20-year-old Hudson appeared in 25 games and posted a 3.25 ERA. He struck out 90 batters in 74 and two-thirds innings of work during his junior year. But it was the right-hander's senior season that started to form the Tim Hudson baseball fans know today. That fall going into our senior year, Tim, his pitches became unusual in, in the fact that his two-seamer had so much movement on it, yet he was starting to learn to, to place it. And then he had developed a split-finger fastball that was, uh, you know, again, another another type of pitch that, you, that, that was very unusual. You just don't see these kinds of pitches that have that kind of movement on it. And so I recall uh, one game where he's pitching against one of our possible starting lineups at Auburn for the spring, and, and, uh, and Tim, he pretty much no-hit us for about five innings. And I mean, we didn't, and it wasn't even close. I mean, we weren't even getting close to the ball. And I remember going, you know, he, I got it to the plate, he struck me out, and I went back to the dugout, and Coach Baird had called me over and said, you know, this is around the fifth inning. He said, Mac, you know, come sit by me. because he, he goes, are we, are we this bad offensively, or is Tim just that good? And I said, Coach, I'm, I'm thinking that Tim's just that good. I said, I've never seen balls do it when I just saw it at the plate just now. I mean, that split finger was something that I had never seen. So we talk about the pitch and the deceptiveness of his motion and, you know, the split finger was, was elite. And I don't think you saw many split fingers in college at that time or none that I can remember. But, man, I tell you what separates Huddy, and it always has, just his heart, I guess, or his, his competitiveness or, you know, some people call it guts, whatever, however you want to phrase it, he he's on another level when it comes to competition. And he's the nicest guy you ever want to be around and fun, but he's got that side that most great players have that when they're competing you, you just they they refuse to lose yes even david ross tested hudson's competitive nature you know like most catchers i think you expect a lot out of the best right and huddy was our best by far and so we go out and i mean we've got jd drew and jeremy morris i mean the heart of the florida state lineup coming up and we've got a lead and he's just getting tired. I mean, it's the, the back end of, of the regional. When you only had one regional, we had come all the way to this championship game. It was we, – if we won, we went on to the College World Series. And um, I took a, <laughs> a, a visit to the mound when he had walked somebody. I, I think it may have been J.D. Drew and Jeremy Morris was coming up, uh, a, another stud that FSU had. And 
I walked out there and he thought I was going to calm him down, I think. And I just started laying into him about, you know, was he soft and, and, and kind of like started just using some cuss words and, and choice words and calling him out. And then um, I could see he was getting mad. So I just turned around and walked away and he ended up punching out the next hitter and we got out of it and, and ended up winning the game. But he, when he tells the story, he said he was so mad he wanted to fight me. He wanted to fight me, but he couldn't do it because we were in the middle of the field and, and I was walking away. From the mound to center field, Tim Hudson dominated the SEC in his senior year. Hudson was a Golden Spikes finalist in 1997. The do-it-all pitcher batted 396 with 18 home runs and 95 RBIs in 65 games. On the mound, Huddy went 15-2 and with a 2.97 ERA. He struck out 165 batters in 118 and a third innings, completing one of the most dominant seasons in college baseball history. We were in our regional, and the winner of the regional goes on to the College World Series. This is Tim and I's senior year at Auburn. We were 3-0 and in the in the uh, regional, and, and Florida State was having to come out of the loser's bracket to play us. They had to beat us twice. We only had to beat them once to go to Omaha. So this is the last two teams in the regional. Florida State beat us in the first game, 4-2, to two, and then we had Tim waiting in the wings because he had pitched the first game in the regional. So we didn't want to use Tim, but we had to use him to, in order to to uh, you know, go to Omaha. And so Tim was down there warming up in the bullpen and uh, for the last game of the regional. Is it either going to be Auburn going to the Omaha or is it going to be Florida State going to Omaha for the World Series? And uh, we had just lost. And so Coach had come to me, one of our coaches had come to me and, and told me to get the team together and have a, a, little, a little talk with the team and make sure everybody was – keeping their thoughts straight, that they weren't nobody, nobody was down, that uh, they weren't emotionally down, that they would be ready to play in this next game, that we were going to win this second game. And and so Coach was wanting me to get the group together to make sure that our spirits were still in, on good ground so that we could play a good second game. Well, Tim had just come down from the bullpen, and I had not yet got the team together. And Tim came – he had just finished warming up to go to start the game. And the coach came back to me and said, Rob, have you got the team together yet? And I said, no, sir, I haven't done it yet. And he goes, I need you to do it now. And Tim was sitting right next to me. And I looked at Tim and I said, Tim, I said, how's your arm feeling? He said, Rob, my arm feels good. And I said, and I looked at coach, coach and I said, he said his arm feels good. He goes, I still want you to get the team together and talk to him. And I said, okay. I said, I said, I said, Tim, you said your arm feels good. And he goes, Rob, they're not going to score a run in this game. I looked back at the coach, and the coach just walked off. He wasn't worried about me talking to the team anymore. So, anyway, Tim goes out and throws eight and a third uh, shutout baseball. He was right. He, he shut Florida State out. The 1997 MLB Amateur Draft took place while the Auburn Tigers were in Omaha competing in the College World Series. It was there when the Oakland Athletics reintroduced themselves to Tim Hudson's career path. It was probably about 10 or 11 at night. Uh, 12 at night, and, and uh, my, my buddy tells me, he goes, honey, he goes, I, I just talked to my agent, and he said that the A's drafted you, and I was like, really? And uh, he said, yeah, they drafted you in the sixth round. And um, I was kind of surprised because I, that I went that high because I was told that I was probably going to go anywhere from the eighth to the twelfth round. Hudson quickly rose to stardom in the A's system, dominating at every level in the minor leagues. So he's in the minor leagues, and, you know, minor leaguers don't make a whole lot of money he would you know in, in the off season i distinctly remember this off season he worked for two men in a truck which is delivering 
furniture. And so it was just like the name. It was two men and a truck, and they're moving furniture. And, man, you know, moving furniture is, is, is pretty tiring. And, I mean, not just – you're just tired at the end of the day. And, I mean, your fingers, your hands, your your legs, you're just tired. But he had enough discipline and fortitude in him to, like, when he got through, he still did his workout. Like, because he had to be at work at 6 o'clock in the morning, so – he had to do his workouts in the evening after work, and he had enough discipline and grit and fight and desire and all the other adjectives that you could use. He stayed focused on what his goals were, and and he still went and did his workouts and his throwing program and everything else and lifted weights and as tired as he was. And, you know, that next year, that's the year that he made it to the big leagues. In 1999, Hudson went 7-0 and with a 1.75 ERA in 11 games split between AA and AAA. It was after the 11th outing of the 99 season when Tim found out that he'd been called up to the major leagues to join the A's starting rotation. On June 8th, Tim Hudson made his major league debut for Oakland. Hudson faced the Padres at Qualcomm Stadium in San Diego and struck out 11 batters over five innings of work, and in two trips to the plate, he walked and singled in his Major League debut. I remember thinking, man, I can't believe this is really happening. You know, I remember, you know, getting to Qualcomm Stadium and just looking around thinking, man, this is, this is happening, you know? Get ready, you know? It was pretty exciting. We're like, he can for sure get drafted and play professional baseball, and then it just kept going up all the way to the big leagues, and... He can for sure be an all-star. He could for sure potentially be a, a Hall of Famer. You know, just kind of each level. And once he made that, you started evaluating the next level. And just as Huddy's friend Gary Head had predicted, the very next year, Tim became an all-star for the Green and Gold. Tim Hudson from the Oakland A's, who is 21 and four over the last year and a half, and 10 and two this year, comes on to work the eighth. The shallow center field, Garcia Para back with Durham, and it's Nomar who makes the catch. And Hudson fans Alfonso. Ray Durham should handle it. A 1-2-3 last of the eighth. From 1999 through 2004, Hudson was a staple in the A's rotation. With Barry Zito and Mark Mulder in the mix, the big three solidified the Oakland Moneyball era. The great thing was we all three wanted to win a Cy Young. We all three wanted to be the best pitcher in baseball. We all three wanted to be the best pitcher on our team. But we knew that we had two of the best pitchers in the league as teammates with us, you know, and it made us better. From attending Auburn University to making his mark in the major leagues, Tim Hudson had checked off a large number of bucket list items by the age of 28. And on December 16, 2004, A's general manager Billy Bean called Hudson to notify him of the next chapter of his story. You know, there was rumors around that I was going to get traded that offseason, so we were kind of, you know, anticipating something happening. Um, you know, and at the time, my wife and I, we had decided to move to Auburn, Alabama. And, um, you know, that off season we were looking around Auburn for a place to live, and we were actually in Auburn, actually standing on the property where we live right now, a piece of land, and uh, when Billy Bean called me. You know, I looked at the phone, and it was Billy, and I was like, oh, geez, I think this might be it. You know, I showed Kim the, the phone, and, you know, I answered the phone, and, and he was like, hey, honey, it's Billy. And I was like, hey, Billy, what's up? And, um, you know, he was just saying that, 
you know, it was, it was probably one of the one of the toughest calls he had to make as a general manager um, at the time. And he said, but, um, you know, we decided we're going to have to trade you, and, which, you know, didn't surprise me. I kind of I saw it coming. Um, and I was like, really? And he goes, he said, yeah. He said, but I think it's going to be to a place that, that you're pretty pretty happy with. And I was like, really, where? And he told me Atlanta. And, um, you know, if there was any place that would have made it easier for me to to be able to swallow, you know, getting traded from Oakland, it, it was it was Atlanta. You know, it was the one place that I was okay with it. <laughs> you know, if it would have been anywhere else in the country, I'd have been pretty, you know, it would have been pretty tough for me to make that transition, I think, and to really embrace it. He thought enough of me as a, as a man and as a player and, and as a friend you know, to, to trade me somewhere that he thought would be the best place for me. I know that he loved Oakland and was very appreciative of everything that Oakland had done for him and all his teammates, and he was very close with those guys. And But I know that he, uh, the main reason that he wanted to play for Atlanta was so that he could be close enough so his family could come watch him play in person because Tim's a pretty strong, uh, loyal family guy, and his parents, his mom and his dad, mean the world to him. And so I know that and he knew that his parents were getting a little older and that, that uh, if he could play for Atlanta, that they could come watch him play in person more. So that meant more to him than anything else. After collecting 92 wins as part of the A's staff, Hudson was determined to continue his dominance, now just 100 miles northeast from where his story originally began. While in Atlanta, Tim continued to be a model of consistency with the Braves. He averaged just under 33 starts a year through his first three seasons. 2008 marked Hudson's fourth year with the Braves. Over the course of 23 appearances during the campaign, he recorded a 3.17 ERA in 142 innings before his season was ended due to Tommy John's surgery. Well, you know, with Tommy John, I mean, it was, you know, I was 30, 31 years old, so it was one of those things where I was like, man, you know what, I feel like I had a lot of baseball left in front of me. And, you know, at the time, Tommy John's success rate was pretty high, you know. So I just thought that it was, you know, one of those things where I had pitched enough and I had worn the tread off off my arm enough to where it was inevitable that it, it, it ended up happening. Hudson returned from surgery just a year later. He made seven appearances in 2009 before returning to full form in 2010. Tim posted a 2.83 ERA and earned All-Star honors for the third time in his career. That same season, Huddy earned the Comeback Player of the Year award, adding to his resilient Bulldog theme. As Tim noted, Tommy John's surgery isn't out of the ordinary for pitchers with a lot of wear and tear on the elbow. But in 2013, Hudson was physically challenged for a second time after he was involved in a serious collision at first base. And young ground ball off the chest of Freeman. Hudson got to the bag, and a collision. Hudson might have been stepped on. Hudson might have been spiked by Eric Young on the way by, and Tim's down on his belly in foul ground. Oh, boy. I remember watching that and just putting my head down and being scared that that was it for him. And I remember just praying like God, let him, let him. First of all, let him, let him be okay. Take the pain away, heal him back right. But God, I, you know, I, I, I was just praying that it wouldn't be that that wouldn't be it. That he didn't go out like that. And sure enough, I mean, once he got healthy and you know had his surgery and had everything put back together, I don't think I had any doubt that he would that he would be okay. That he was going to be back competing. Sure enough, Hudson returned in 2014 for his 16th season in Major League Baseball, this time across the Bay in San Francisco. 
Not only did he come back, the 38-year-old dominated as he punched a ticket to his fourth All-Star appearance. And just how Tim Hudson had planned it, the legendary right-hander appeared in his first World Series that season. Huddy first pitched in Game 3 of the Fall Classic against the Royals, tossing five and two-thirds strong innings for the Giants. Later in the series, with both teams having three wins aside, Hudson got the nod again, this time with the title on the line in Game 7, making Hudson the oldest pitcher ever to start Game 7 of the World Series. You know, it was almost like the same kind of feeling as when I made my big league debut. Very surreal. And I remember thinking, wow. You know, it's I, I'm I'm having a hard time catching my breath, or I'm having a hard time slowing my heart rate down. Whereas before, it was like cruise control. You know, it's just it was easy to be under control, to keep your emotions under control. And you know, there I was, 39, 40 years old, and it was very it was refreshing to be able to have that that kind of emotion. You know that that I hadn't necessarily have, have felt. Um, for a long time on the baseball field. I felt like I was a kid again. And, you know, and there I was, a 40-year-old veteran, you know, feeling something for the first time that, or, or feeling something that I hadn't felt for a long time um, because I'd never been on that in that moment. I'd never been on that stage before. I definitely watched the game. Um, I was nervous for him, like, honestly. Like, <laughs> he's he's a good buddy, and I know, you know, I I would have bet the house on him. I feel like that's the kind of guy that's made for those type moments. And after 16 seasons in the show, Tim Hudson got his World Series ring. You know what? It's hard to put into words. You know, it's uh, I've waited 16 years for this moment. Uh, it's finally here. 16th year in the major leagues, and he's winning the World Series. I mean, it's just like God looked down on Tim and 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 just said, you know what, little Tim Hudson, I'm going to make you a baseball player, and I'm going to make you better than everybody else, and then I'm going to, you know, reward you with a World Series win. It's right at the end of your career. I mean, it was just like, wow, it's a perfect ending for, a, you know, obviously one of the great careers in major league history. Tim played one final season with San Francisco in 2015 before hanging up his cleats and ending his illustrious 17-year career. In 2018, Hudson was elected to the Atlanta Braves Hall of Fame, recognized as one of the greatest pitchers in franchise history. And as fate would have it, his former Auburn and Atlanta teammate, David Ross, was the one to introduce him. Probably my favorite thing about Tim Hudson is that he's never changed. This dude from college to... Who is now, he's so warm, welcoming, welcomes anybody in his house. I go up there for football games. There, there's a small village staying in his, his, his house. Um, he welcomes everybody in. Uh, he's never forgot his roots. We know he's a true champion on and off the field. What him and, and Kim do uh, off the field uh, is, is 10 times more than what they've done on the field. What they do for others uh, in their community and in the country uh, is, is second to none. And the Hudson Family Foundation, uh, a true, true champion off the field as well as on. And uh, congratulations. I'm honored to call you a teammate, but more so a friend. Thank you. Yeah, you know what? It's, I mean, I've, I've held, you know, the, those, those folks in, in, in Atlanta, um, 
that are on the wall, those numbers are, are retired. You know, the Hank Aarons, the John Smoltz, the Greg Maddox, Chipper. I mean, those, you know, you hold those names in, in, in such high regard. You know, obviously to, to be in their Hall of Fame along with those guys is, is something that's, you know, it's another one of those pinch yourself moments. As much of the story has revolved around Hudson's legacy as a player, what Tim Hudson and his family have done away from the field has been just as incredible. The Hudson Family Foundation was established in 2009, and since its inception, Tim and his wife Kim have helped donate nearly 15,000 books, over $1 million in grant money for those in need, and a half million dollars for scholarships to deserving students. Tim is a loving son, brother, husband, father, and friend to all that know him. And his love for his wife, Kim, helped carry him throughout his playing career. Yeah, you know what? Now, it, it takes a special woman to be a wife of, a, of a, any, any professional athlete, but especially a baseball player. Um, you know, and, and I really got lucky to have, have met a good one, um, you know, when I was at Auburn. We met when we were in, in Auburn. Uh, we had a history class together, and... Um, you know, we were best friends then, and we're best friends now. Overall, I mean, when when I'm around, and I'm sure everybody feels this way, like when you when you get around him, and it's nothing to do with his status now. This was in high school and college and everything else. You were just happy. He's really one of the funniest people I've ever been around. One of the most wholesome people. Whatever makes Tim and Kim happy, uh, I'm in full support of. You know, if they ever need me for anything, I'm there. Uh, as a as a friend, him and Kim are, are near and dear to my heart, and really helped me um, through a lot of things in, in my life. They're they're special people, and when you talk about good players that are good human beings, Huddy's up there for me at the top. Um, it's just there's a big heart there. They're a great family with good values. He's top notch human being. I feel like if you ask most of my teammates, you know, about me as a player or as a person, I feel like most everybody's gonna be really positive with with their experiences with me you know I always try to teach you know treat everybody with respect and you know feel like uh I, I was a good teammate along the way Tim Hudson's baseball career embodied what it truly means to be the ultimate competitor his dedication to perfecting his craft and to becoming a beloved teammate led Hudson to have one of the greatest stories in major league history from a small-town kid on the Alabama-Georgia border to having his name on the Hall of Fame ballot like fellow Columbus-Georgia native Frank Thomas, family, friends, and teammates alike can look back on an exemplary career on the field and off. 